Welcome, everyone. Episode one of the newest segment within the Gifted Performance podcast, Coaches Confidential, where coaches come to vent their frustrations about their clients in, you know, in good spirits. And clients listen in to say, is that my coach? And is he talking about me? Our first episode, our first guest, codename Agent Beans. Agent Beans, how are you doing today? Doing wonderful. I'm happy to be here. And, uh, it's probably going to start a lot of, a little self-consciousness, you know, coming around. <laughs> That's, I find that to be the best way to increase client adherence. If they say, I hope he's not talking about me, if it's even who I think it is. Because as you can tell by your screen, the voice is distorted. The face is blurred. You'll never know who it is. You'll even know if this person works at Gifted or not. Our first guest probably doesn't even work at Gifted. Why would we bring in one of our own coaches on episode one? To vent about our beautiful clients. Our clients at Gifted are the best in the world. We would never say bad things about them. But if we were going to, let's start with question number one, Agent Beans, AB, as we'll call you. So without naming any names, obviously, we don't want to name names here. We're not here to shame anyone. But without naming any names, I need you to describe the worst client or the worst athlete you've ever had. A good question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by saying it's the clients that and client that will take your kindness for weakness, right? When you're out there and you're being kind and you're helping out people reach their goals, their dreams, their aspirations, fulfilling their ultimate destinies, right? Because <clears throat> that's what we do. Um, and it's the kind of person who who genuinely just disrespects you. You know, they they don't take you they don't take your time serious. You know, they're trying to just get attention instead of information. And I think that's a very important concept that if, if you're a client out there and you have a coach um, or any, any teacher of any kind that's spending time and spending their, you know, limited amount of time with you, that you don't take for granted. It's the number one way to get ignored. It's the number one way to, to not be seen, um, you know, on that client roster. Because, you know, if you're, if you're filling all their time with, with BS and, and things that aren't going to be productive that's the coach's job is to create productivity in your life um so i think that is the worst kind of client and for me you know I, you know i'm kind of genuinely kind but listen i got i got the humanoid side that will come out and if you disrespect me you do not want to do that because as a coach i'm a master of behavior right so i know i know what makes you tick but i also knows knows know what can unwind you right um so it's one of those things that can be the same way you know it's like you don't want to you don't want to fuck around and find out I don't know if this is PG, but <laughs> it's it's not. If it was, right. it ended right there. But let that be. Let that be a piece of advice to everyone out there. Agent Beans puts out an order sixty six. If he puts out a hit on your head because you took his kindness for granted, consider yourself done. But it is it is an interesting thing though. We work in a customer service department or a, a, a career. We develop relationships with individuals to get them to their goals. Oftentimes they reach those goals. So for someone, a client to disrespect you, take advantage of your time, anything like that, I would say that is a pretty common pet peeve for all the coaches out there. Sure. So when you look at kind of when you zoom out for your clientele, your athletes as a whole, you know, we see a lot of people put together like infographics about this, like how to be a good client, check in on time, do this, do that, do this, the other. Fantastic. Super positive. I like that. How to be a good client. I want to reverse that. Agent Beans, 
what are the common threads that you notice in bad clients or maybe client, not to say bad clients, but maybe clients who don't reach their goals as often? What are the commonalities that you see in those individuals? Mm, good question. So I think the number one thing is avoiding blame, right? You're trying to blame other things and things around you for your shortcomings, which is the first thing to failure. You know, you, you need to control what you can control. And outside of that, it's it's going to be arbitrary, but it, only if you're honest, right? So the people that walk into these things, they, you know, they have a million reasons why things didn't get done. But at the end of the day, it's if you can, if it's something that is controllable that you can control and you're lying about it, that only puts you 10 steps behind you one step forward. So I think that's a big one. But then uh, that, this also leads in, I think it's spider webs into other, you know, when you see one of these factors, they usually have multiple of these, right? They're typically living with a mask on, right? They want you to see the mask of perfection and underneath is very broken, right? So when we see these in clients that you, you can kind of tell right off the bat, they have very short-term thinking, like they think that they can achieve something wonderful, great, rare, unique in three months, right? And then, you know, if, if you're going to take a three-month time frame and you have a million-dollar dream but a one-dollar work ethic, that's not going to work out. It's not going to work out for you. It's going to go out in burning blazes of glory, and you're going to you're going to manipulate your surroundings to blame everyone but you. And the two things go wrong. Number one, you didn't get what you wanted. Number two, you've... you've now lost confidence in yourself because you, you are not the person who, who you wear as the mask. And I think the third, there's actually a third one in here is that you're creating a, a pedestal of lies that you cannot live up to. So you have to always stay undercover for all of those things. And then who are you? Are you the lie or are you actually the person that's trying to become something greater than you are? And I think that gets, gets so interworked that you don't know who your identity is anymore. And once you lose that, you have no reputation, right? You have the reputation that you only portray, which is a lie. And if your if if your reputation is a lie, who knows what you could do? You know, that's that's the next Hitler in the making. You know, so who knows? I think we've all been in that spot before, though, right? Where we're maybe we're trying to fit in with a new group of individuals, or we're trying mm -hmm. to impress an authority figure, and we put on this facade. And anyone who's done it before, anyone who can genuinely self reflect and say, "Okay, I've done this before. I what Agent Beans is saying is one hundred percent accurate. I identify this in myself." You know that it's exhausting to hold up that facade to keep the mask is very heavy. It weighs a lot lying to yourself, lying to others and living up to this pedestal of perfection. When you as the coach, do you expect perfection in any of your clients? Right. And, and that, to say don't expect perfection, but we, we expect as, as, as much as you can give as a good effort, right? So but I think another thing to talk about too is, is that even when you win, let's say you lie and you did achieve something by manipulating your surroundings or, or changing the fabric of reality, you think you're, you think you're getting away with it, right? When you actually win, the glory is not to you. It's to the mask, right? Yep. So the glory is to the mask. And when the glory is to the mask, that you don't truly understand what that self-absorbent, like, great feeling is, that, that dopamine fix um, of achieving your goal and then making something bigger. The mask wears it. So when, you, when you're in public and you have to take off the mask, you are so insecure. And this is actually a good exacerbation of what happens on social media. You know, the more you manipulate your, your filters, your face... All these things when you have to go meet people in public even though you're gorgeous you're still so insecure it's because the reputation is inside of the mask that you wear and i think that's no different than than um you know successful habits or successful behaviors that um, are going toward a common goal it's no different than the visceral beauty that you know people try to portray on social media that's not actually you 
So this is why, and not to give away too much, but uh, Agent Beans here is a very high level bodybuilding coach. Um, and this is why I think bodybuilding is such a great equalizer because the stage doesn't allow you to use your filters and the stage doesn't allow you to manipulate the lighting or the, the scaling of the photos. When you get up there, it's, it's a raw experience of you in your skivvies with a tan on up next to some other big dudes and big ladies. And if you've been lying, we're going to find out, we are going to find <laughs> out. If you've been manipulating it. You can't wear the mask and all you got on is one piece of fabric, you know? Exactly. You can't can't bring the mask on stage. But so let's make a positive out of this here very quickly. Um, These three, I would say these three commonalities that you've identified in people, avoiding blame, wearing the mask, pedestal of lies, or a facade of perfection. I think they all kind of factor into each other. So when you notice that in a client, what are your strategies in overwriting that? Because you as the coach, part of your job is to remove the mask and build up the confidence of the individual that's behind it. So how do you bring them to that point where you say, listen, what you're doing, this is a facade. This isn't the real you. Let's build up the real version of you. How do you do that? Great question. And this is the secret that's different for everybody. And I think this is the mastery of coaching, right? So it, there is no one size fits all for this answer. Um, I think that you have to you have to gauge how big the lies are, right? So the bigger the lie, the softer the approach. Because if you try to approach it with a lightning bolt right off the beginning, they're going to escape, right? They have to escape. They can't let you know who they really are, even though you know, right? And it's the problem is that they know you know. So what you have to do is start to, you know, identify the things that might pull them to the truth one thing at a time, which it's it's very hard to talk about because everyone's situation is much different, right? Uh, but let's just do the, you know, the very, you know, visceral, like, you know, straight out from the social media, you know, filters and photos and stuff like that is that, you know, you, you start to pride them when they're, where they're in natural beauty situations, right? Um, and this is just one that everyone can, you know, kind of relate with. So I'm, I'm using this as an example, but, you know, when they do post something or promote something that doesn't have the, the mask on, and the mask can be a filter, it can be tons of makeup, it could be, you know, someone that's, you know, wearing all this expensive clothing that they don't need to try to get a point across they're successful or, or trying to show off their, their vehicle or something like that because that's not the point of what they're trying to post most likely, right? Um, you know, they're trying to get something, you know, across that, that could help multiple people or something, a, a, a habit of success or something like that. You really have to start one thing at a time and, and give them positive reinforcement to the actual true version of themselves. Right, so that they feel like they can open it up. You know, they're in a shell. They're in a. They're in a shelter. Right. Uh, it's. It's no different than you know having a, a hostage situation. You know, and coming in, you're not going to negotiate that out by force. If you do that, probably all the bad things will happen that they're saying is going to happen. Right. So, it's a. It's a negotiation tactic back and forth that they might not even know that's going on, but they feel accepted that you're still positively reinforcing the natural part of them, so they feel like they can open that up to the world. Um, I think that's the only way to be able to do that. That's a very tricky situation. That is the mastery of coaching, if, if you can get that. And sometimes, I mean, this is another thing that coaches put on themselves is that they, they think that they could solve everyone's problems all the time, but sometimes it's beyond you, you know, and that's not your fault, right? You did your best in what you could do, you know, and sometimes the client is so deep in, 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 in their filth of lies that it, it could it could easily be something that is beyond your scope of practice, right? We're not, we're not psych- uh, you know, behavioral scientists, we're not... Um, you know, people that are going to help you work through all those emotions, but we understand what the successful traits are. We're trying to get you there. You know, so I, I feel like a lot of coaches put, post blame on themselves and end up leaving the field because they feel like they can't help everybody. It's like, 
No, you're trying to help as many people as you can. So I think that's the most important thing. The shell. You the said shell. a shell. That's a really good analogy there. I like that. Because I think if you if you try and go into the situation with a more head-on approach of just calling them on it right away, you're essentially just going to ricochet off that shell. If you look at the situation as it's an individual, they have their shell, they're a turtle. If you run at a turtle, ah, turtle, what's up? That it's just going to go back in. Yeah, it's going to go right back into its shell. You need to find a way to bring it out of the shell and become its friend before you start digging into these deeper issues. So I think it's right. a great way to look at it. I think, I think the turtle's another good analogy. I think the underbelly of the turtle is the most important thing. What you're trying to yep. do is get them to expose the underbelly, right? The softest part of it. And then once you can do that, they trust you with that. And they, well, this person's not actually going to manipulate me because that's probably what their past has experienced. That's the reason you would build a shell, right? And when you can do that, you know, they feel safer around you and that, that brings out who they truly are. And then you can kind of work on that softer underbelly portion um, and then bring that, you know, hopefully that they can come out of their shell and feel safe just wearing it on their back instead of wearing it as their armor. We said we didn't want to give away your identity, but I think that we've just given away a very key piece of who you are, which is you are someone who has a passion in what's called herpetology or the study of turtles. So <laughs> if you know someone who checks box A, they're a high-level bodybuilding coach, and B, they have a secondary passion in herpetology. Please comment below. You may have identified who our coach is here. I, I you you gave it away. I exposed it. <laughs> All right. Let's move on into a more fun, lighthearted question here. What is the dumbest question? And people will say there's no such thing as a dumb question. And that's a dumb statement because there are for sure dumb questions. So what is the dumbest question a client has ever asked you? This one's really simple for me. And it's probably the most asked question in all of health and fitness. And it's, a it's a double dip. It's a double dip. It's the dumbest it's and it's the one you get. Oh, I love it. Let's hear it. It's, you know, the dumbest is definitely subjective. So there might be some other answers here, but it's white or brown rice. I oh. can't stand it, man. I can't stand it, dude. It's crazy to me. There's two things that happen when, when people ask me this question, right? And, and, and you know, how I respond to these questions, because they kind of they kind of go into this kind of funny. Number one, you, you exposed your fifth grade level of health and nutrition um, in, one, in one sentence. And, and if that's important, you know, a lot of people ask this question, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt a lot of people here. Um, but I definitely want to tell you that. Um, in health, you don't want to stick your head in the ground and fixate on, on small grains of sand or dirt that don't matter uh, because that's what's going to kill you in the long run and actually kill you, right? So it's one of those things that, you know, get a broader umbrella of understanding of health and start to work on the things that will move, move you in the direction the most positive that take the littlest amount of work first. You got to be humble. You know, you got to be humble. You're going to be a fool in the beginning, and that's understandable and okay. It, that's completely fine. But the biggest thing is find the things that are going to move mountains with little effort, right? And that's it's easy to do in the beginning. There's a lot of things you can change right off the bat um, that are going to do that. But if you're fixated on white or brown rice, and this is this is really a metaphor for for questions that are fixating on tiny tiny resolutions that don't matter, right? So, and, and I think that it's that the white or brown rice question, I, I can't say everyone that asks it is, is dumb or stupid. I just think that you're, you're, you're buying into the, what the media wants to sell you, right? And the media doesn't care if you're healthy or not. 
coaches do, right? So we're going to give you the macro scale. The media is going to sell you whatever is going to make the, the next dollar, you know? So don't don't sell out your health to, to the media. You know, it, it's just really not a good thing. And that's that's the stupidest question that people ask me, I feel like, right there. And it's the most common. It's the most common. Outside of pro, what protein powder you take and what pre-workout do you take? Those are, I honestly think those are better questions because there's a better answer to both of those. There's like, I take this pre-workout because it helps performance this way. This supplement does this where it's like white or brown rice. I tell people, it's like, listen, you're trying to build a dam. And when you're worried about white or brown rice, you're literally just throwing pebbles in the river. You're just throwing tiny little pebbles in. You're like, why can't I, what's going on here? But when you do get that question, so let's say you do get an email that says, hey, Jeremy, I noticed my meal plan has rice in it. Which should I opt for, white or brown? What's your first thought? And then what's the actual answer that you give? If someone is watching this and they're like, I don't know, white or brown rice, what do I go with? So listen, if I'm going to actually answer this question, it's white or brown rice. It's the one that you like to eat the most because we're going to be eating a lot of rice in my plans. Yeah, <laughs> my plans, especially in bodybuilding, there's a lot of rice. Do we have to eat rice? No, but probably going to eat it, right? Um, you know, it's just one of those things that I feel like is a staple. It's a very sustainable food that's at low cost, too. So, um, and, and most people like it. It's going to, you know, take the flavor of whatever you decide to mix it with. And uh, I think that's important. But I would say that for the preference of white or brown rice, just choose one and go with it, whatever you like more. <laughs> All right. Let's do a little thought experiment here. Jeremy rolls up to the, oh, crap. Jake, edit that out. Edit this yeah, section right here out. I did it twice. Yeah, once, once before, about two minutes ago on this last question. Dang it. Jake, edit all of that. Fix it. Blur me. Bleep me out. Whatever I got to do. Agent Beans, you're rolling up to the counter at Chipotle. The nice gentleman or nice lady, they want your order. Walk me through it. What do we get? Start. Bowl, burrito, salad. What are you? Running up Chipotle, number one. But for some reason, the chicken just is blasphemy from the tail end. I don't know why. Um, I don't know what they put in it. Someone, someone could comment down below and just uh, let me know what the hell that is. But um, it, for me, it's going to be the steak, and all lettuce, corn, the pico, and um, a little bit of sour cream. I do indulge. I do like that. What about the rice? The rice is definitely the rice. White rice. <laughs> so what you're white saying is that white rice is better for you. I should only eat white rice because it's better for me. You're, you're a flamethrower, man. You're a flamethrower on gasoline. <laughs> Do white rice and brown rice even have that different macro profiles? I think brown rice has like one gram of fiber. White rice has none. That's it. That's it. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. That's the only difference. So. That's what I thought. All right. My next question was, what was the most common dumb question you answer? We got it. We nailed it. We answered it. I hope you're happy. And I know, hope you know what rice to eat now. Now, let's get into coaches love to vent on their Instagram stories. I wish they would do it on their close friends so that not everyone could see it. I just imagine like our plumbers out there like went to fix this lady's pipes and she was a real bitch. Like she didn't even understand that I had to use this wrench instead of this wrench. Like our plumbers doing the same stuff as us. Are they venting on their Instagram? I don't think they are. Coaches keep your venting to a productive but of all the pet peeves that come with coaching as a whole what's the one that grinds your gears like no other agent beans mm, so a pet peeve per se um I, I think my biggest pet peeve in coaching and i've had the 
especially in the last year or so, the wonderful opportunity to work with very, very talented people, right? People that come to me that are already at a higher echelon um, that, that, you know, want coaching and training. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that bothers me the most is that I get the most, some of the most talented individuals that aren't willing to derive their God-given gifts to something and polish them into, into what could potentially be a life-changing and wonderful, um, I guess, golden brick road for their life. You know, I, I've come across many athletes that have the potential. It's like that classic situation where you're dealing with someone in, in high school or college sports that is, you know, Johnny Football, a good example, right? That is a wonderful, wonderful talent to the industry and then blows it on devices, right? Right off the bat, just blows it on devices. And, um, and, and they don't get what what, the meaning of their life doesn't sustain what it could have been, right? And it's so, it's so hard to watch an athlete climb a mountain and fall off the peak, you know, and it's just, it's, it's very just, and fall off the peak by their own doing, right? It's not, it's not even fate's fault, right? Um, I think that is my biggest pet peeve, and, and most people probably pick something minuscule because they like to rant. I'm, I'm not a big rancher on my, on my feed, you know, I, I believe in, uh, I truly believe in when, when people are criticizing all the time that it's just lack of knowledge because I, I feel like the, the beginnings of wisdom is, is cynicism, but I think when you understand um, you know, the concept of people as a whole, you're not, you're not going to move a mountain by complaining about the first hill, you know, you're just not, you're not going to do it. So it's like really about, you know, put, put everything in, into that positive way, um, instead of just, you know, worrying about what someone else is doing that, that's bothering you. It's like, well, why don't you worry about how you can change all the great people at the top instead of worrying about how to, how to treat the peasants at the floor, at the floor level, you know? It's just a waste of time. Um, but yeah, I think I think my biggest pet peeve in coaching is just simply um, when, when talented individuals throw their talent to the curb and, and, and engulf themselves in vices. Um, it's, it's pretty sad. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Yeah. That's a situation where you just want to go and shake them. You know, yeah. uh, Early on, the negative mark on his career. Key, what's what's Keon's last name? Keon. Oh, I just know his name. Ainsley. Ainsley, right? Is that it? Is it Brian? No, come on, Keon. Keon, right? Keon. Yeah, Keon Prodigy on it. I don't even yeah. know. I also got Brian Ainsley, but no, Keon, I don't know what you're talking about. Keon, insert last name. Yeah. For a while, we had a couple people on the team who were. He's from that area of Georgia where some of our coaches were from, and they would talk with his coaches, and his coaches at the time would just be like, Keon can't get in shape because he just doesn't do cardio. I tell him to do cardio, he just doesn't do it. He'll just message me, and he'll be 100% honest about it, and just be like, I don't do it. I, I look at it, I see it, I know that I should do it, I can't be bothered to do it. And it was like, now I wonder, because I don't have that same insider information, I wonder if the leap that he's taken to, obviously, Mr. Olympia, the biggest title in the world... I wonder if that leap was him just being like, all right, fine, I'll do the, I'll, I'll go on the stairmaster, I'll do the damn cardio. So sometimes you do see these people with insane genetic gifts, and they've gone through their entire life without ever having to apply themselves. I see it the same way as people who are like super smart in high school, and they never have to study. And then they get to college and they just have no idea how to study. And they just fall on their ass because they never learned the skills necessary to actually sustain. excel and sustain that excellence at the next level. So yeah. I, that's and a, yeah, that's a, I think you just described affluence, right? And I, I feel like that's the same thing. First generation rich is usually second generation mediocrity and third generation poor, right? It's, yeah. it's usually that same thing that, that falls in line. And I, I really think that, 
And also, I feel like, you know, you're an exacerbation of what your struggles were in the past. And if you didn't have a huge struggle, then your purpose is usually lacking, right? And it's really hard to sustain as you move up uh, in whatever goal that you want to achieve. It's really hard to sustain that purpose when you haven't been grinded to the absolute grit gears at the other end because you're not running from something. And people think, you know, trauma and traumatic past are just, you know, things that pull you down and anchor you but it doesn't have to be that way you know it can definitely be fuel forward you know and i feel i feel like the people that you know have you know break through and you know in, in a positive way Keon broke through he, he won mr olympia he got a taste of what hard work can give you right and he knows now he's confident in himself that what he can do and i i believe that he will be a multi-time winner um, but i think that breakthrough really came from you know, he had a couple breakdowns before that. So three years, that three years running before that, there was breakdowns. And I think that inside that breakdown, he goes, you know what? If I'm going to go through this much pain, I might as well get something for it. And, I'll end, and then there you go. And now, now here's the gift. And uh, typically at the end of that pain is usually something great. And, and it's, well, are you willing to sustain it, you know, for something greater in the long run? That's, that's a long-term gratification versus short-term de demise, you know, so... It's going to be a fun two twelve battle to watch in the years to come. I think uh, I think Sean is as close as we have to like a modern day Ronnie Coleman in terms of like the way he's built and the amount of muscle that he carries and his shape. So to be able to watch him and and Keon go back and forth for the next couple of years, we got ourselves a little bit of a blessing on the two twelve side. That's right. How about, I mean, just speaking of bodybuilding, speaking of competitors in general, you coach a lot of competitors, Agent Beans. As competition draws near athletes, the anxiety takes a hockey stick upswing. Everyone starts getting anxious. I think it's that four to five week out mark. That's where people really start to just do weird stuff. The end isn't quite in sight yet. But the suffering is just very, very, very high. So when people get to that point and they start to do weird stuff, what would you say bothers you the most that competitors start to do around that four weeks out to show day mark? Yeah, that's a good point. I think to, to prelude this a little bit, I think the biggest thing that people need to understand is that when you, and bodybuilding once again is a perfect uh, metaphor for this, is that when you approach judgment day right like let's say let's say you have a job interview for example and you're going to that job interview. as that job interview approaches right it's above you right the person gets to decide your fate whoever's interviewing you right so you get more nervous as that time approaches right so it's literally judgment so when you have an ideal which would be in that situation to get a job as you approach the judge right you're going to become more nervous i think people need to generally understand that um because the same thing with the bodybuilding show as you're approaching judgment day literally the bodybuilding judges judge you, right? That's what they're doing. They're about to judge you, right? So, of course, you're going to feel more nervous as you approach that, that, that time, you know? Um, so, as you're approaching it, you, you must be able to, to be able to ball those emotions into a, into a positive aspect. Otherwise, you will be consumed uh, by self-consciousness, right? You know, or am I good enough to be judged by this ideal, right? Um, or am I, am I, you know, even capable of, of reaching this ideal, right? Well, the, the biggest answer to that is you never know if you don't try. So I understand why people do weird stuff. So and the biggest weird thing that I see that happens, and it drives me crazy, and I think that every coach would agree with me across the board, um, and, and this is kind of like a, just a, a meta um, thing that happens, is that clients, for some reason, you know, as they get more insecure, seek security and and i'm gonna use this as a, as a funny word but stupider people um dimwits right at the gym right so it's just kind of funny how i use it that way but you know they go seek you know people's advice at the gym that have no idea what's going on it's just a random recreational lifter but he's like 
hey man, like, what do you think about, you know, you know doing that extra salt before you train? You think it's going to make me hold too much water? And, and they're asking the, the jabroni instead of asking the coach who they hired that is a professional in what they do. It's absolutely wild what insecurity can do. And I think that's the biggest thing across the board that absolutely drives me crazy is that you seek, you know, understanding or um, some kind of, you know, advice from people that have no idea what's going on. And you'll take it like the Bible, but they won't, but you'll ignore the person telling you the right answer. You're seeking the answer that you that you have in your mind and you're trying to get someone to agree with you, which is terrible. It's like this person has gone through many preps. Maybe this is your first one. We've done hundreds, right? It's like, what do you think you know that could outsmart someone that you hired and paying, you know, a coaching fee to be able to do this? It, it, it's really crazy, you know? So I think that's the weirdest thing clients do. It blows my mind. Coach, coach, what do you think about this natural diuretic that this guy showed me at the gym? Like, do you, do you think that can help me out? If I thought it would help you out, don't you think I would have you taking it currently? Like, oh, exactly. you're right, you're right. Yeah, and it's I've it, been doing taking the Windex bottle for two days already. Yeah. His physique is looking really weird. You been doing anything different? No. Nope. <laughs> we can God, it's a in it. All right. Well, it can't be all negative around here. Let's wrap things up. I want you to give the people something a little uplifting, a little nugget to finish off the day, finish off the episode. Tell me a recent story of a client that'll make the listeners happy. Maybe even give them a little bit of a chuckle. It can be positive. It can be a negative that you turned into a positive. Give the people something good to finish on. Yeah, so I, I mean, as a coach, I, I the reason why I'm able to sustain the amount of stress that my job incurs is simply like when you genuinely believe in people, you start to understand how missing that is in the world. You know, it's like when when you tell someone, "Hey, I'm with you. I'm here in the mud with you. I believe in you." It's quite amazing what that watering does to 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 their seed of their dream, right? It's really really unbelievable. And I think that that's what's missing nowadays is that. People are way, way, way too close to criticism and so far removed from a genuine compliment. And um, I think that that's what's missing and that's why people aren't onto great things. People are, are scared to post things on social media because they're scared of the, the negative talk. Even if it's true or not, it doesn't matter of what's going to happen to their reputation because, you know, all of all these aliases that are on Instagram or Facebook or social media can come in and just start trolling your life, you know, with no re repercussion, right? Their reputation is not on the line. Um, so I think the most important thing that, that we as coaches must do is, is positive reinforcement to their dream or goal. And make it realistic. Don't promise things that you can't you can't fulfill. But it's and when you see something genuine or great about the person, that you need to you need to facilitate that. And it's 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 absolutely unbelievably amazing to watch people transform just off of basic compliments and, and basic belief and say, hey, no matter what happens, I'm here in the mud with you. We're gonna go through it together. The the good, the bad, the happy, the sad, the crying, the the elated, you know, emotions that are gonna come with you know the the sustainable goal that we, we achieve once it's over all of it you know and i'm, and I'm here for all of that and it's and it, it is a lot on the coach to be able to sponge those emotions all the time but it's so worth it to see it at the end that you're willing to to suffer through that with the client each one each client that you have in order to try to get them to that goal because that that end time of what they the person that they become at the end of that is always just such a beautiful thing to witness um when, when they, they blossom like that you know and it sounds a little bit cliche like that butterfly metaphor but it, it truly is like that it really truly is like that 
AB, I could not agree more with what you just said right there. I think that we live in a day and age where people are resistant or almost unable to be proud of themselves. Like they feel like it's a negative mark on them or they feel like they're obligated to not be proud of themselves. And what I mean by this is like, let's say you've got a girl who, you know, competes for the first time and, you know, she wins like the novice overall, her class, and then she gets second in the overall. Like this is a great first showing, like an overall and novice, you win your class, you're second in the overall. That girl takes to Instagram and she doesn't post about the successes. The entirety of the caption is, well, the judges said like my glutes weren't full enough and I was holding a little bit of water and that's why I finished second in the overall. And like, I'm just hoping that I can be good enough to win the overall next time. And it blows my mind because it's like, you had what was supposed to be the happiest day of your life, what you worked 24, 26 weeks for, and you had objective success in that moment, but you're unable to feel that. And I think a lot of that is what you're talking about is because they don't have a coach that fills them with belief in themselves, fills them with the ability to feel joy and feel pride when they succeed based on whatever their feeling of success is. I think finding a coach like that, finding a coach like Agent Beans can be the biggest hack in your competitive career that you could ever, ever have. I'm not going to tell you how to hire him. I'm not going to tell you who he is, but find yourself someone that talks about their clients, talks about the coaching experience like Agent Beans here. Thank you, man. It was a blast. And uh, I'm glad I can't wait to see these unfold. And, and, you know, whether I were forgifted or not, um, you guys will never know. Um, but I would, lo- I would love to see more of these and see other coaches' perspectives on this as well. I think this is a very interesting venture that I don't think anyone's touched on. So. We'll conclude that with the fact that if you think you know who this is, do not comment it. Holy shit, don't be an idiot and comment it. Ruin it for everyone. You can feel free to message us on Instagram at gifted underscore HQ and let us know if you think you know who this is. We'll see you on the next episode. Agent Beans, thanks for coming by. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being guest number one. And like you said, this should be fun to watch it unfold. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. Peace.